You're now listening to episode 18 of I'm an Adult, Now What? Hosted by Jade Pattenden. <laughs> hey, um, so I'm here with Tinti. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a friend that I met in the film industry years ago. Yeah, it was three years ago now, I think. Yeah, time flies. Yeah. Crazy. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. It was like yesterday almost. It does. Yeah. It really does. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. I actually talk about set like it just happened and people are always like, oh, were you just recently in the film industry? <laughs> I'm like, mm, no. Not quite. It's been a good two years. Yeah. It's, it's fair. Yeah. Um, that's part of being an adult. It's like you don't realize how quickly time is going. Yeah, it doesn't move for so long when you're a kid and then suddenly, bam. Yeah. You're 24. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 25 now, actually. Oh, you just turned 25? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, happy birthday. Thanks. <laughs> no, it's... Honestly, I was like, I don't know how old Tinti is. Like, yeah. don't crack. <laughs> <laughs> I um, hope it stays this way. Oh, I'm sure it will. You yeah. got more hope than I do. You yeah. got more melanin. <laughs> You're gonna make it to the morning. You're one of us. <laughs> Oh, that's what I'm banking on, to be honest. But yeah, we're going to start off with two random questions. What are the most important qualities in friends? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, really, well, really important to bring up. Um, my biggest things, I guess, that I look for in friends are just... Wow, that was so unnecessary. <laughs> so okay. aggressive. Um, I would say is being reliable and accountable. Mm-hmm. Those are the two biggest things. Yeah. And I find reliability and accountability are broad enough terms that it encompasses other things. So reliable, being trustworthy, you know, someone you can count on, maybe not necessarily depend on. I don't think people should depend strongly on other people mm. at high levels. I think you should really try and be able to do everything you want in your life on your own. And then totally. everyone just kind of helps you thereafter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say being trustworthy and... Uh, present and being reliable you know you tell someone hey can you help me out with this and if it works with their schedule they'll be there as soon as they can kind of thing Mm -hmm. and then being accountable for just their actions whether they're good or bad just being accountable for them I think is really important Mm -hmm. um everyone makes mistakes that much is true right and it's not that i'm saying a person cannot make mistakes but it's more that they'll be accountable for them because there's just so many friends out there Mm -hmm. that do things and then you call them out and then they don't take accountability they just deny deny and avoid and that doesn't help anyone so 
just a waste of time. So, <laughs> <laughs> facts. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. So I'd say those those are things. two very important things. Yeah, yeah. that's the, uh, that's a good point because. I've had arguments with friends and then they'll be like, you did this. And I'm like, yeah, I did do that. <laughs> and it sucks to be like, oh, fuck, yeah, I did do that. But then if they don't take responsibility on their end and they're just looking to blame you, that doesn't yeah. work. Like, because then it's like, okay, well, it takes two to tango. Like, we probably both made mistakes. Not always, but you know. Yeah. So, yeah, if you can't take accountability, that's like a big problem. And I find reliability is the worst. Like, I f have so many issues with that. Like, nowadays I'm just like, if you're not reliable, like, you can't respect my time. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, not going to give you my time anymore. Mm -hmm. You know? I'm the same. Yeah, like, I'm over it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, I don't like not... Um, or you make plans with someone and they cancel, like, very last minute or whatever. With, like, a track record of doing it quite consistently obviously things happen i'm just like yeah i'm not doing it anymore well the biggest <laughs> thing is that there are people who aren't doing it so it exactly. makes it really easy to separate the, the two it's like okay these are the people that are going to show up yeah and these are the people that won't exactly and i've never had any problems telling the people that won't that i also shall not be showing up moving forward yeah because it's just like it's true we it's a waste of time and energy mm -hmm. which if someone respects you won't want to waste exactly so i'm a strong believer in what you're saying for sure yeah because um, people make time for what they want to make time for. Mm -hmm. It's a simple fact. And it's like, that's fine if you don't want to make time for me, but I'd rather do something else yeah. with my time. So yeah, stop wasting my time 2019. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <But> <laughs> um, and I think like honesty is a very big one too. Like mm -hmm. people who are willing to be honest with you no matter what, like just call you out on stuff mm -hmm. when you're being like, wrong because mm -hmm. you will be wrong and then just like being honest how they feel like to your face mm -hmm. instead of behind your back mm -hmm. so i agree yeah that's also what ties into how i see accountability as well because it's the same shit like just as much as you can call me out for something so can i yeah but it, i like that two-way street kind of thing yeah where each person feels like they have a place mm -hmm. and space to share that feeling yeah without one person freaking out yeah <laughs> <laughs> and don't dish it if you can't take it yeah so <laughs> oh man okay question number two which of your personality traits would you like to change um well this one's pretty much a given. I'm really impatient. <laughs> <laughs> I just am. <laughs> always have been. Hopefully not always will be as impatient as I am. Right. But I think I always will be impatient. Mm. Um, to be honest, I think and know now that it's Sprouts from um, 
privilege, actually. Mm, interesting. Uh, because my parents were diplomats growing up. Mm-hmm. I had diplomatic status, which also meant I had the highest level of privileges known to a human being. Mm-hmm. Just like, you don't wait for anything. It's Everything's just kind of like a red carpet to every like how you feel in a VIP going mm-hmm. into a club with bottle service is yeah. your life mm-hmm. and you know you really get used to a standard of you go to an airport and you never wait for anything you don't wait for like your passport um, in the queue for customs you have your own queue which like never really has people in it because there's not that many diplomats right and you get your bags first like even before first class it's like at a higher level yeah okay yeah (laughs) but first class is just first class but like diplomacy is like whoa you know in a roadblock on the streets Mm -hmm. you don't get checked they're literally legally not allowed to search your boots so like you just see them and because of your number plate you just pass so in other words if you really think about that being a diplomat means you can be the highest level criminal because they're not allowed to search you Mm. so you're literally allowed to pass with almost anything that you've ever wanted because you have different rules. Right. You don't even have to pay for parking in certain parts of downtowns and countries. And like, it's just different, you know? So yeah. I would say it, it created this ethos where I just thought things were supposed to happen just like that. Yeah. And then once my dad retired, you know you return the diplomat passport mm. and same thing with my mom she did early retirement also handed back the passport and then we were quote unquote like commoners and <laughs> <laughs> that was different you know it was literally a culture shock and totally i couldn't believe just you know like I've always understand, uh, thought I understood the type of privilege I grew up with, because you know my parents would often take me into the lower income neighborhoods and would just like spend time there and just like I went to a lot of orphanages and spent time with kids there. So I felt like I understood my privilege, but right. not quite until I lost the diplomatic status did I really understand that like I had my head in like a higher ground because Mm. I lived in it you know yeah totally so I was just yeah I became incredibly impatient everything just (laughs) sucked yeah you're like what I have to wait in a light yeah just this I was like you are all okay with this why um (laughs) so yeah i would definitely say that is always been an ongoing project and continues to be Mm -hmm. it's just working on my patience right 
Well, at least you're aware of it. Yeah. It would be the worst if you were, like, impatient and you're like, I don't understand, like, yeah. the fuck? And people are like, okay, yeah, she really doesn't notice that she's impatient. That would be horrible. Yeah. No, so. I definitely know because it makes me ever more intense as a person. Right. Because I just don't have patience. Right. But it was also nice to get this understanding of privilege from that light and just be like, oh, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Shed light on something. Yeah. And obviously it's a niche group of people that can relate with me on this. Yeah, so totally. it's still another element of being privileged to be able to be able to know what that switch is like and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I actively think of it, and it's a work in progress. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Well, I feel you on that. Um, I guess uh, my personality traits. I think I get, like, bored very easily, mm. which is not a good thing. It can be a good thing, but also a bad thing. Like, mm. But, oh, actually, no, I'm going to change my answer a little bit. Um, I think... A bad personality trait of mine is once I've decided I'm over something, I'm over it. Like, there's no kind of going back, Mm. typically, sometimes. But, like, say with, like, a friendship or with a guy, like, once I've made up my mind, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like, point of no return sort of thing. Mm. And I don't like that about myself, but I can't, like, I can't quite change it, you know? Like, it's like, I'd be forcing myself to be, like continue on with like a friendship I don't want to keep going I'm just like you so (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to gauge your reaction like I was like "Mm, I'm gonna try and like be supportive here but my supportive answer is I understand yeah right like it's like yeah I don't know like I've done it just to try and do it because other people do it. Right. They're like letting people back in thing. Mm. I was like, yeah, yeah, this time waster here. Yeah, it's, I think it's like logical when yeah. it does happen because it's like, I know better, like from your track record, that's going to keep being like this. Mm-hmm. And if someone's not willing to kind of like, again, like take accountability for their actions and stuff, like if they're constantly the type of person to be like, well, you did this, and you did this. It's like that person's not looking to change. They're mm-hmm. kind of stuck in their ways. So then I'm like, why am I wasting my time? Like, yeah. it's hopeless. So yeah. then I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a personality trait I kind of would change, but like... Yeah, because yeah, I mean, there there's the anomalies of mm-hmm. people who might have been going through something that day which made them behave like a whack ass yeah and and you caught them in all the bad days yeah and then you just canceled them yeah (laughs) yeah and so in that sense i can understand you know and also something i try to do too is give people the benefit of the doubt Mm mm-hmm but it only lasts for one other time or, yeah. or something like that. <laughs> and then they're cancelled. Yeah. I'm pretty ruthless nowadays. Honestly, yeah. you ha- kind of have to be. Yeah. Again, don't waste my time 2019. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, I got you. Yeah, like for real. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so where are you from? Tell the listeners. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm half Zimbabwean, half Zambian. Because I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As, well, on the continent, everything's founded on patriarchy. So mm. in general, actually, you're supposed to say where your father comes from is where you're from. Right. But because I never really connected deeply with Zambian culture because I never stayed there longer than a month at a time. Mm. So I couldn't confidently say I was from there because right. when people asked, I could only say stuff about Zimbabwe and that's where I grew up and it's my home. Yeah. And I speak the language, well, one of the languages. Like one of many? One of 13. Whoa! <laughs> or two of 13, because I speak English. Oh, and it's the national language. Um, yeah, so from Zimbabwe, born and raised. Um, moved around a bit. Went to Lesotho, a small country surrounded by South Africa. Okay. For two years, um, age 11 to 13. Then I moved to Canada, went to Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia? What? Yeah, where I almost died from the cold. Holy crap. Oh my god. Yeah. I can only imagine. It was wretched coming from the the bright sun to minus 40. To Nova Scotia. Yeah. Wow. Wretched. Wonderful people, but that's about it. I've never gone back since. Because it just wasn't my type of, yeah, space to be in. Hmm. And then, yeah, moved to Vancouver for university. Went to UBC. Hey, shout out to UBC. UBC. Alumni. Yeah. Um, Yeah, now I'm just out here. Living your best life. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to. Yeah. (laughs) Aren't we all? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you're doing pretty well for yourself. Yeah. 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 You are. Trust me. Yeah. But guess you are. (laughs) You live by yourself in Vancouver. That is, like, one of the highest accomplishments. And also, it's actually the city of Vancouver. It's not, like, the lower mainland. Like me. (laughs) You know? So, good for you, girl. Thank Um, you. And... Yeah, so how long did you live in Nova Scotia for? Four years, so from the age of 14 to 18. Just before I turned 18, I moved to Van. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you moved to Vancouver on your own, right? Yeah, also to Halifax. By yourself? Yeah. When you were 14? Yeah, my parents sent me for school. I had a choice between boarding school in South Africa or school in Canada, except I was supposed to come to school in Victoria because my brother and sister went to UVic. Oh, interesting. But private schools in the West Coast versus the East Coast are like double the price. Um, Well, Toronto has similar private schools, but because my parents wanted me to be in a private school for sure Mm -hmm. they were just like okay you can go to nova scotia you'll be in the same country literally didn't realize how it was going to take an entire day to go from 
Nova Scotia to British Columbia. Yeah, no kidding. That's so far away. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Wow. So I would fly over for every Christmas, March break, part of the summer. Mm-hmm. And then it was in one of those trips that we came to Vancouver. And I decided, fuck, I love this place. <laughs> I'm going to move here. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a done deal. I was set on moving here, so I did some research on the universities because obviously I have African parents and like coming from our background, education's the biggest thing and like if you have parents that can provide you a high liberal ev- education, mm-hmm. like that comes first. So. I had to pick like a good school and like make sure I had the marks to get into it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So for me, the priority was the city. Mm-hmm. But in order to get here, I knew I had to work with my bank account. <laughs> yeah. Who was going to be providing. So um it put good momentum into the schoolwork and stuff. I wasn't very, I didn't like school Mm -hmm. because I had a lot of problems testing and I had a lot of anxieties. If you could base my intelligence off of a test, I would be rated as like having a really poor IQ. Mm -hmm. But that's simply because I just don't, don't do well. well. Yeah. yeah. I had to have like special circumstances and luckily I was blessed to be in schools that accommodated that. Yeah. But it always made me think like of all the kids that wouldn't have that ability. Mm-hmm. But yeah, school was very challenging for me. I didn't like being there. I cut a lot of class actually. Mm. But yeah. But luckily, I would do well in, like, assignments and stuff. So it made out. Yeah, like, it it was okay. But at the same time, I just couldn't wait to get out of there. I was merely trying to fulfill my parents' dream of me having an education. Mm. But it was towards the end that I decided, okay, I like this place, I guess. It's doing some cool things. <laughs> was this UBC or your private yeah, school? UBC. UBC, okay. Towards the end of the degree. I was um, like, oh, I actually might miss this place. Um, oh. I still plan to get a master's someday. but oh, be- Yeah, but because I'm just, like, also pursuing the work life right now. Right. And building the dreams, it's just... It doesn't really align. Yeah. So... Well, that's the nice thing about, like, post-secondary is you can always go back whenever you want to. Mm-hmm. Even if you're, like, 70 years old, like, you could technically still go. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the great thing about it. Yeah. And you've done a lot of time in school, so just yeah. kind of working for now. Working suits nice. me yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. And it's working out for you. So far, Slowly so good. Slowly but surely. <laughs> Patience, you my friend. You know how it is. <laughs> Uh, that's funny yeah um so you are an immigrant for sure like you've been many places yeah Um, how do you think that's helped shape who you are as a person 
Well, always having a, a permit of some sort, like a study permit or a work permit in a country is always a sobering image of how you're like not part of the society really mm. i've lived here for 11 years but i'm only still going through my pr process and mm. waiting for the approval of permanent residency but it hasn't happened yet so it's that definitely shapes how i interact with everything because i have built a life here and i have everything here you know i go home to Zim and I don't have any clothes I don't have really a room like right. there's not much which shows that that's my home right but that's the house I grew up in and everything is here mm. so it it's pretty strange and makes me anxious I just really want to be a permanent resident so that it just feels like all my efforts to be a part of the society can also be recognized because mm -hmm. I've put in the time and effort. Um, so yeah, it definitely shapes everything I do and I do everything with caution because it's a blessing to be able to do the things I do here, have the job I have, mm -hmm. and have access to so much opportunity, right. which isn't in Zimbabwe right now and hasn't been for many years. Right. So I feel blessed and at the same time, like very eager to c continue and maintain that because I do know what's on the other side yeah. and how many struggles people are going through mm -hmm. I wish it wasn't like that if there were jobs at home I'd definitely be trying to start a life there because I love it there yeah but lovely. yeah but it just so happens that economic factors are making it difficult right yeah yeah which is a shame for sure yeah it's actually crazy I didn't realize you weren't a permanent resident yeah, no. Um, yeah, when I met you, you were on a work permit, like, of mm -hmm. course, because you always have been, but I just, for some reason, assumed that you were a permanent resident. No, I, it's been a long process, because I arrived when Stephen Harper was in power, um, and he wasn't really the biggest fan of outsiders, mm -hmm. so the laws were really strict and different. Yeah. And even though Trudeau has changed them, they still wouldn't really help me, those changes. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, because I know when we immigrated, we had to stay within the provinces of, like, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. Mm. Um, and we couldn't leave for, I think, like, two years. Um, but we ended up staying for eight and a half, which was too long. Um, but yeah, I know they increased that to like five years, I think. Oh, wow. um, and yeah, I think they're just like hoping that you'll, you know, set up your home there, build some roots, and you mm. won't want to leave because those are the less desirable provinces in terms of like weather mm. and like, you know, opportunities and stuff. Mm. So. Yeah, we finally left, but 
it's just interesting how they work that stuff out and then the rules are constantly changing for immigrants you know yeah it's like weird but yeah like i can't i can see like why you'd feel unsettled by that because it's like you really have set up your life here mm-hmm. but i'm hopeful that will work out for you yeah it's just uh playing the waiting game unfortunately yeah yeah so until then yeah <laughs> fingers crossed yeah. fingers and toes yeah. yeah in which ways do you think being an immigrant makes you different from like say your friends that have grown up in vancouver their whole lives or canada their whole lives is there any way that you view the world differently i definitely view it by um my legal rights as a human being for sure Mm -hmm. because the way I interact with space is so different from someone who has grown up here right like there's things I think about that never crossed their minds Mm -hmm. but it's just because I am an immigrant and I I'm at a higher risk of losing that status mm-hmm. because of how temporary my identity is set up systematically. Right. That I definitely think about all that stuff. For an example being, especially in high school, when I was at a house party mm-hmm. and the police would come around for a noise complaint or something. I would be out of there in seconds and I always told people I don't know you like if people ask I have no idea who you are right I don't want to be associated with you you know regardless of if you've done anything wrong and Mm. all of my friends who had grown up here were just always calm when the police showed up Mm. because they had these state rights as you know a citizen of the country and I was Mm -hmm. just seeing myself as the immigrant the temporary bodies kind of thing right who's on thin ice so I would definitely say that's what differentiates just me knowing blatantly that Mm -hmm. hey you're from here and I'm not we just see everything differently right yeah i think that's a good point because that would be like very (laughs) like nerve-wracking being in a situation where it's like the cops show up and you're just like lay the accent on thick pretend like you're just going for a stroll by this house (laughs) i don't know what you're talking about yes (laughs) exactly i don't know why i smell like weed yeah (laughs) i have no idea what is that a plant? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. They'd probably like go easy on you. <laughs> if that were the case. Maybe. Who yeah. knows? I do think though that being like from another place, especially like moving when you're quite young, does give you like a huge advantage of being able to think from another culture's perspective. Because mm. you go from like thinking how you think when you're a kid, just like how life is in whatever country you're from that's like the normal thing right you don't question anything 
it's just like normal to be that way and mm. then when you go into another country it's like what the fuck <laughs> like but people are like you're the one that's out of place here you know so it kind of makes you be like oh shit and you have to like think entirely differently like you have to like relearn a culture mm-hmm. and that's very like hard to do as a, a child like it's kind of hard to grasp mm-hmm. and then like once you go through it I just think like I don't know like I can't imagine the type of person I'd be if I didn't ever leave Scotland mm. like you know I'd be completely different mm-hmm. like I could have been a little shit not saying I'm not but <laughs> you know what I mean like it's like <laughs> Yeah, I could have been way more stubborn or, you know, something like that. But, yeah. And I also think, like, I don't know. I don't know if you ever felt this way, too, but did you ever have, like, an identity crisis? Mm. (laughs) You're like, no, I'm pretty good. (laughs) I mean, I've pretty much been the same person through and through. Yeah. I just don't give a fuck. No, you don't. That's, like, one of the, yeah, the best things about you. Like, ever since I first met you, I was like, this girl stays true to herself, and you say it yeah, like, it is. Because that's one thing I'll always commend about my mother. That's all she's ever encouraged me to do. She was like, if there's one thing you ever learn from the things I tell you in life is just always be yourself and always stay true to yourself Mm. and at the time I was like yeah 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 but (laughs) as I grew up I was like oh I totally get it because I'd see everyone just like performing trying to be someone else that they're not and I'm like this is not getting you anywhere yeah like you're wondering why people don't like you. Well, maybe if you just were yourself mm-hmm. and, like, didn't care so much, yeah. they might actually like that version versus this other person you're trying to be. Right. So. Like the people pleaser. Yeah. Yeah. And I think my biggest thing is I grew up as an only child for, like, the first six years of my life before my half-siblings came into, um, like, came to live with us. And so I spent a lot of time alone. My mom had a lot of trouble having kids. Mm. So I was the only child she was able to birth. And essentially, she was so scared of losing me Mm -hmm. that I wasn't really able to chill with other kids or things Uh, like that. mm -hmm. I was always with her and she took me to be around adults and stuff. So from the age of zero to six, like I barely played with other kids that weren't my friends at school. Hmm. So it made me like just get a completely different perspective from the get go. And I was just like, well, this is it. Like I'm on my own and I understand the world on my own. Right. So it made it easier not to want to be like other people yeah. because I never was surrounded with lots of other people that I could like become envious of. I just loved myself mm-hmm. because I was just always on my own. Right. So yeah, it just kind of gave me a different perspective and that is why I am how I am because I just like 
no one was there like I wasn't really like looking at anyone to get any other influence yeah like there's no influence there's no comparison and, mm -hmm. and then with your family like you're normally typically yourself like mm -hmm. you know one of your truest selves so then it's like you're comfortable doing your thing mm -hmm. with your family and then yeah like having six years of living like that that's a good habit to set you up for life yeah because yeah you're a very like independent person yeah I don't know. yeah like i don't know if you realize that but like yeah like you're one of the most independent people i've met and the most um just like you're so upfront and honest mm. and you're not like taking shit like on set you're like i'm not taking shit <laughs> and i'm just like tacking along like yeah i'm with her <laughs> so yeah i love that yeah no it that's just how I see things and it just makes life so much easier when you don't have that pressure on yourself because honestly like when I just look at other people I'm like oh damn it it's so sad that it took an experience like me being on my own to get this way mm -hmm. and so many people aren't going to because they were with surrounded by other people mm -hmm. but unfortunately it is that that makes you like believe so much in others like yeah. before yourself because you're forced to like if you're in a family with lots of kids and like older siblings look after younger siblings so they have to like consciously be aware of what people think their parents will have a thought about the older sibling on the you know so there's so many layers of it Mm -hmm. And when you're in those situations, I completely understand why people struggle to be more independent. It's unfortunate, but also it was up to the parents to guide them through that. That's why they're guardians and what you teach someone will very much impact who they become, like those early years of socialization. Mm -hmm. So if you're telling someone they need to be dependent on other people mm -hmm. and that's the lesson you're continuously teaching them yeah. they're gonna grow up thinking they can't do anything themselves yeah when i talk to girlfriends who literally cannot fathom a life without a man mm -hmm. i i cannot understand i'm just like oh my god what <laughs> went wrong in your childhood right. you know what was your mother or guardian teaching you because yeah. that's such a bad mentality to grow up from the get-go automatically defaultly being unempowered mm -hmm. and it's like that's when i start to see like females are our greatest enemies it's not a male it's like the the fucking sisters in the world we're not teaching each other good things right and as a result like it affects how we see ourselves and mm -hmm. you know mothers who put pressure on their daughters and telling them they're fat all the time or something like that mm -hmm. can lead into so many things like or telling them they have to behave particular ways for men to like them. Right. Then it creates like these insecurities of necessity, like validation constantly. And yeah. there's just so many things. So, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot to work through. Mm -hmm. But 
my biggest thing is because at least I actively think about these things all the time. Right. I just think it's my duty to constantly talk about them Mm -hmm. so I can influence other people to think about them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's what I really enjoy doing most. And, like, I'm there for the homies in that way. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we're all learning and we can learn together. Yeah. It's just, like, if I see that thought hasn't even sparked in the mind, I'm like... Alright, I might plant a seed. Yeah. Just to, to make get this think. going. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that's the only way people really grow is if they do start mm-hmm. looking at. You really have to just look at yourself and be like, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> well, what can I do different? Yeah. Because it's like we're not perfect and we never will be, but you can at least strive to. Um, better yourself and like undo all the toxic ways you think and act and whatnot and it's a very interesting process i think like i love it when i'm like oh that's fucking bullshit what i'm doing <laughs> like i love analyzing mm-hmm. my issues mm-hmm. i think it's a fun process mm-hmm. it's yeah instead of just sitting in the same mentality my whole life i can't do that mm-hmm. so yeah, I think it's great that you're like doing that and um, yeah I think that it's very interesting when girls like can't function without a guy mm-hmm. in their life or a girl whatever but like yeah. you know, another person yeah um, and then it's I think what you said earlier don't know if it's before we started recording or after mm-hmm. but um, you were just talking about like being independent doing stuff Mm. Um, alone that you should try and like minimize how much you depend on another person for things yeah because I think like that's one way you can build your confidence um, is by thinking of like how you depend on other people and then taking back am I making sense yeah like taking ownership (laughs) right I'm like what um yeah, I guess, like, say if you always depend on your sibling for, like, a ride somewhere, like, to work or to the store and whatnot, like, you're depending on that person to do those things, and it's, like, it's fine to do that and to get a ride and whatnot, but it's, like, if you are at a point where you literally wouldn't know how to do it without that person, like, you wouldn't know how to take the bus, or you wouldn't know how to, like, hail a cab, or whatever it is, then it's like maybe you should work on learning to do that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't like switch to constantly taking the bus to go to the store or work, mm-hmm. you know? It's like at least you know how to because I think that builds a lot of confidence in yourself. You know? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people can't do things on their own. I'm realizing that more and more as I grow up. I, I literally cannot handle it sometimes when I'm talking to people and they're like oh I have to wait till Johnny gets home to help me do this and I'm like why oh I have no idea where to go like I need him to do this and I'm like so you mean to tell me if Johnny was sick right now you literally <laughs> wouldn't perform this task because yeah. he's the only one that knows how to do it well yeah 
yeah. were married or something or there's always some ridiculous excuse and I say ridiculous with confidence <laughs> because marriage didn't make you immobile like exactly. you know so like yeah there are people who like are without eyesight or limbs and they've mm. still managed to get things done so there's not really a, an excuse for it mm -hmm. you know like it's like you just never bothered to learn it on your own yeah but okay yeah i just think that breeds like a bit of insecurity and stuff because you're unsure of yourself like yeah you know even like traveling by myself one time was enough for me to be like like i was freaking out when i was in the moment like i'm like oh my gosh how do i do this but there's no one there to be like oh this is how you do it unless you ask but then you have to have the confidence to ask which mm -hmm. a lot of people would rather just like not ask a stranger for help mm -hmm. you know so that in itself is a lesson mm -hmm. and then like afterwards you're like wow i got through that situation that i thought i couldn't get through mm -hmm. and i made it out alive you know you might have been late for things yeah whatever but you manage to like do it and you get confidence from that like mm -hmm. each time you perform a task yeah i, I totally agree wholeheartedly yeah it's a learned behavior this you're not born with this shit so no, no. people have to make the effort mm -hmm. yeah and also like it's not really your fault because if your parents like coddle you too much and they do too much for you like you're never learning that mm -hmm. stuff so then yeah, like, once you're sent out in the world, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> How do I pay my phone bill? <laughs> do you want to tell me, slash the people who are going to listen to this, a little bit about um, your project that you do on the side, Origin Papers? Um, yeah, so basically earlier this year, mm -hmm. well, actually the story like the beginning of the journey mm -hmm. with the whole platform the idea came to mind i would say in 2015 or 16 there mm -hmm. um me and my best guy friend in the whole world alvin mm -hmm. who lives in toronto uh, where we've always had talks about like what we didn't like about how the world's telling the news and mm -hmm. social media and how it functions and how people are talking on the behalf of others and it was just really bogus to us and we're just like we need to change this mm -hmm. so we're just like you know what maybe we should create something where we're getting original stories from people and creating a platform where we could showcase them mm -hmm. and we're third culture kids so that's like a third culture kids basically someone who grew up in a culture so like different from their passport's origin mm -hmm. so much so that they don't have really connections to that country mm -hmm. or understand how to like really fit in mm -hmm. so it's kind of being like from everywhere and nowhere at the same time sort of like me now you know right. my passport's origin is from Zimbabwe mm -hmm. but I've now lived in Canada for more years than I ever lived there right but I'm also there's nothing like still showing that like Mm -hmm. So, 
we just decided, okay, this community does not really have a place to showcase their stuff. Right. And so we started a pilot one on Patreon, this website. So we hosted our website there and had like a, well, a page. Um, and we had collaborators showcasing music and written work, like poetry or stories and stuff. And I was a collaborator at the time. Uh-huh. And then maybe last year, I was like, listen, we need to get more serious on this. Mm-hmm. And Alvin was like, you know what, maybe we should bring in a third person to do this with us. Mm-hmm. And so we were thinking about our friends from our childhood. Then we thought of Anissa, who's like my best girlfriend on mm-hmm. the planet. And I was like, ooh, good thinking. So I presented the idea to her and I was like, hey, listen, are you down? And she's like, of course, fuck yeah. Um, she did creative writing and so it was going to work out perfectly. So we decided last year, okay, we're going to try and apply for Base Coast. And it was through wanting to do the applications to have a media pass for that, that we realized we didn't have any platform space because was like oh what's your facebook page instagram handle twitter and i was like oh man we don't have any of this so we then set a goal from that day moving forward we're like okay we have to have our page ready by this time next year so that we can apply Mm -hmm. and so we went through 2018 basically planning the vision of what we wanted it to look like in our mission and you know new year came round and we had a conference call we were all in our respective spots with our fans and we're just like we're let's do this let's just go for it and they're like okay let's do it and so we launched off uh beginning of the year got some stuff going it was hectic because we're all going through stuff in our lives Mm -hmm. um and our emotional capacities were not there, but we were taking shifts one by one mm-hmm. um, to kind of hold everything up. Then application time came around for Base Coast, and I was like, okay, we're doing it. And they were like, I don't think we're ready. We should wait another year. I was like, if we don't do this now, <laughs> we're never going to do this. So we're doing it. And I'm really good at being creative like that much is true I'm very aware of this now Mm -hmm. I can't draw I can't sing or anything but I'm creative yeah so I was like okay we're writing a really stellar proposal Mm -hmm. and even though we don't have a high followership our proposal is going to get us to where we need to be nice and so did the proposal we were waiting waiting We were put on a wait list. I was really excited by that and was totally okay about never going beyond that. Mm -hmm. And that was a winner to me. And then a week before the festival, I was still going to go to the festival regardless. Right. Because I'd wanted to go for eight years. And then we get this email being like, you've been granted media passes. And I was just so... Oh my God. 
like my heart was just ecstatic. I was just like, this is amazing because a dream is coming true right here. Like they're paving the way for us to have this opportunity to mm-hmm. launch. Right. And it was an incredible experience. Base Coast like totally aligns with our perspective, our vision and all that. And you know, you could feel the wavelength and the energy amongst all the creatives there. Mm-hmm. And after that, we just had a really good momentum and I've had it ever since. It's not easy. It's having two full-time jobs for sure. Yeah, definitely. Don't sleep much, (laughs) (laughs) but um, it's been a happy, you know, a happy fatigue. Yeah, like it's been a good process for you and and you find it fulfilling. Oh, absolutely. I've been meeting incredible people, mm-hmm. just doing some of the stuff I've always dreamt of doing yeah. and creating without hesitating, I would say. That's one of our <laughs> our key mottos is create, don't hesitate. Nice. And we're that. trying to foster that yeah, yeah. through the platform. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you're doing something that you like enjoy enough yeah. to do that you're willing to lose sleep <laughs> yeah or you know like yeah because it's it's hard to keep things going yeah especially when you're going through stuff yeah. yeah i've had to sacrifice other things but it's all gonna be worth it soon mm-hmm. enough you know yeah the desire is the empire <laughs> exactly yeah. when you say you've sacrificed other things do you mean like um I don't know, like free time where you can just enjoy yourself and whatnot. Hanging out with friends even has become increasingly difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just not very available right now. And people understand, but it just sucks, you know? Yeah. And my brain constantly hurts. So I am on my own a lot of the time. And like... I might not necessarily be doing something out and about, Mm -hmm. but I'm always on a computer. I'm always planning for the next thing. Mm -hmm. So it's just like I'm always working. Yeah. So I just can't entertain a lot of time for, I guess, loved ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which has been a bummer, but Mm -hmm. it'll... it's a transitional period yeah totally yeah yeah you're working on something it's not like you're just fucking around yeah sorry i can't see you yeah (laughs) you know like you have a purpose yeah um and yeah it's like it's it's tough i find like it's kind of nice when you have like friends or family that are also trying to like hustle but you Mm -hmm. just want each other's company so you can like you know yeah. sit do your own thing and you're in each other's company but you're not necessarily exactly you don't feel pressure to like talk yeah yeah I like those a lot yeah it's a great thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it can help a little bit you know yeah but um how can people find your origin papers um, yeah so Instagram is origin papers mm-hmm. like origin origin or something Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. original mm-hmm. Uh, papers. And our website's arjunpapers.com. Mm-hmm. And you can email us at contact at arjunpapers.com. If you will do any sort of creative work and you want people to see it and also be able to reach out to you for a collab Mm -hmm. that's the space we're creating so feel free to shoot us a dm and email um facebook message as well it's origin papers nice yeah um is this for people who are in vancouver or global yeah vancouver is our base but um would like to get on a global scale so really anyone Mm -hmm. can share just you know as long as you you like to seek other perspectives on things and you're not trying to give like a single narrow vision on something Mm. that's someone we're looking to collaborate with because we want to open up the mind to multiple perspectives and not just one viewpoint right so it's like the essence of origin papers yeah. is just expanding people's minds to think in a new way yeah but through like the way of art yeah love that a, place, a way that speaks to us best nice. yeah no yeah. that's amazing yeah um and is your instagram private like your personal one? Oh no Okay. Yeah. You can throw that out if you want. Oh, yeah, you yeah. You can follow me at Ghosty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's Ghosty, G-O-S-T-I-3. Nice. Because I'm cool like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I'll also put those in the description so people yeah. can like actually click it yeah. and look it up and check it out. Yes. Um, I appreciate you coming on my podcast. Tim yeah, Tim. it was so good. So lovely to catch up. Yeah, you too. I'm so glad we did. It's been way too long. Yes. So, yeah. And we'll do it more. Yeah, please. Yeah. When you have time. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to make time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you. Okay. Ciao for now. Bye. Mm-hmm. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, or requests for future episodes, please email imanadultnowwhat at gmail.com. I read every email and would love to hear from you. Please subscribe to receive future updates on episodes, and if you feel like it, please rate this podcast on your streaming platform of choice.